Wondering where you can get your fix of MLB news and hot takes as the postseason approaches? Listen into the windup from 7.05 to 7.35 on Tuesdays with Jason O'Connell. Can the Mariners' playoff push continue? Will the White Sox ever live up to their potential? Will the Pirates ever hold on to their young players? Find out on the windup here on Com Radio. Do you ever have an itching sensation to listen to a 45-minute debate about Kirk Cousins? No? How about Russell Westbrook? Still not interested? Jeez, tough crowd. Here, this will do it for you. I think the Raiders just did a 180 and turned into the Chiefs. Because now you have a top what? three. You have a top <laughs> three tight end. Is that better? Tune into Phone Booth, Com Radio Sports Debate Show, every Friday from 3:30 to 4:30 p.m. Nittany, 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 record, 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 club, club, club. Nittany, 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 record, 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 club, club, club. Nittany, 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 record, 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 club, club, club. Nittany, record, club. Join us every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on Com Radio for Nittany Record Club. Nice touchdown, Thomas. All right, Dylan, let's see if you can kick the extra point. Find out if the extra point is good on Thursdays from 7.05 to 8.05. For TD and the extra point. With Thomas English and Dylan Price. Live on Com Radio. Top left, the ageless man, old enough to have witnessed the miracle on ice, the MOB CBA's biggest fan, and weirdly enjoys letting everyone know that his name is spelt with a C, Justin Chevalella. In the top right, the magic ball head of wisdom, Mitch Trubisky expert, and even though he's a director of the station, does his best work in his car on the way home. Grand C. In the bottom right, the Seattle Kraken's voice of the station behind Jacob Cherish spends most of his time screaming at whatever the host says and has been successfully migrated to the talk show of the year, the Kevin Durant of phone booth, Josh Partizan. And lastly, the man, or really the thing, behind it all. The man who said he wanted new guests on each episode, and now does it with the same three, the worst takes in the college, and research expert on Jerry Rice, Joe Callahan Jr. It's phone booth season three, and we're going for a dynasty. Take it!
not in program. Now we are welcome in to phone booth here. Great start, on lads. Great Tom start. Radio. We were definitely the mics were definitely in program that entire time. He's working out the kinks. I'm Justin Chevalella, joined alongside Joe Callahan, who has taken my seat in the top left corner. You've taken mine. Well, yeah, I've taken yours, but that also means you've taken well, mine true. by process of elimination. Grant Sheets and Josh Bartosik in their same seats, though. Grant was originally at the wrong mic. So a little discombobulation coming off of it's two, been a while. two weeks of no show. but Out of practice. Yeah. I've been perfectly fine. I don't know what's wrong with the rest of y'all. Yeah, we'll see how that ends up being. <laughs> you're also, <laughs> you're also very overdressed. I know. He's... Looking I am overdressed. Spiffy. We'll go with that. So first, we'll start with five times how's everyone doing today? How was your breaks? Awesome. On, All right. So we'll just go straight <laughs> to the World Cup. My week has been great. How was yours, Justin Chevalella? My week has been fantastic, Josh Bartosa. Grant Sheets, how has yours been? Oh, it's been everything that I could want it to be, Justin Chevalella. What is that supposed to mean? And, and Joe Callahan, know. how has your week been? Uh, same as all right. Next, next oh, thank you. All right, here we go on to sports. I all was right, about to say sports. horrible. It is a very, no sports. Very busy time for sports with an event that happens what every four years is going to kick years. us off. <laughs> kick us because it's soccer. All right, uh, let's get a new host. <laughs> That's right. We're going to talk about <laughs> you've been revoked. Get back to your gonna, spot. We're going to talk about the World Cup. Reminder that it is called soccer, not football. No matter who, how many people want to say otherwise. It is oh soccer. Boy, that's a great start. <laughs> <laughs> the United States playing tomorrow. I'm against sorry the to all foreign listeners. Survived the group stage. Now they're on to the round of 16. The round of 16. Yep. Thank you very ne- much. They, they play Netherlands tomorrow. So I guess we'll start with Josh. Josh, what's been the uh, storyline in this World Cup so far? Well, there's been a lot. I mean, really just the last two days. I mean, I think we have to talk about the fact that Japan won their group. They play Croatia on Monday. Little. That those matches yesterday were absolutely incredible to watch. I mean, going back and forth between the, the, the Japan game and the Costa Rica Germany game, just trying to see if there's a way that both Spain and Germany could not make it. Uh, Germany once again gets eliminated in the group stages, back to back World Cups since winning in 2014. They're terrible. I thought that was hilarious that they scored like three mm. goals in the last 20 minutes. Just to nothing. still, just to yeah. still lose. It was it was absolutely it was incredible. Uh, but I mean, Costa Rica almost made it great. Japan is. Everyone's sleeping on Japan, man. I'll tell you, this is a really good this is a really good squad, this Japan squad. I mean, they beat Argentina. Just kidding. They didn't beat Argentina. Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. They beat Germany. And they beat Spain yesterday. And this is a team that is a top third of is a top third group. They play Croatia on Monday, which Croatia is a very good squad as well. They were the runners up in twenty eighteen. Um and other than that, I mean, South Korea is also a team that kind of Shot everyone by, su- by surprise because Uruguay, uh, Ur- Uruguay, Uruguay, whoever, however you want to say that. Someone else correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they, Uruguay. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're um, they also decided, well, they won today, but they only won by two goals, and they needed three goals to win or to get into the group if South Korea won. And South Korea upsets Portugal because Cristiano Ronaldo is overrated. Lionel Messi is the best player in the world. I don't want to hear anyone else say it after... Argentina's easily Did Messi won. just lose to Saudi Arabia? Uh, yeah, but didn't Portugal just lose to South Korea? I mean, yeah, fair. Exactly. And Argentina still won their group. It's they, called soccer. It's called soccer. <laughs> Look, as long as the United States of America are in this World Cup, which, How did that could, which could end 
by noon oh, yeah. tomorrow, within the next 24 hours, um, it's going to be called soccer from here on out. I, I've learned a lot about soccer uh, <laughs> during this World Cup, but one thing that I'm still confused on is how that second goal for Japan was called in play. Did you guys so see that? Oh, my the, favorite uh, thing about the, those, the so Mitoma. this is very similar. When the entire ball was out of bounds, but apparently if a little like sliver of it is well, it's, hovering it's, above yeah, the line. Yeah, it's, it's basically the same rules sphere. as football, and like the goal line where if a smidge of the uh, tip of the ball is over the goal, like well, the mean, front goal line, it's the same thing, the ball, but for back. Like, so here's, here's a pretty, here's a pretty, here's a, actually a great example. In the 2004 Stanley Cup final, Okay. Between the Calgary Flames and the Tampa Bay Lightning, it looked like the Calgary Flames scored a goal on the replay because from certain angles it looked like the puck was completely over the goal line. But because of something that I cannot remember the name of, it's a rear, it's a science thing. Uh, if you look at it from an overhead angle or a different angle, it like it will it will look like it's completely over the line, but there's actually still a portion of it, a portion of it that is not. And I think that's what the the referees, the officials saw, and that's what they called it. I still don't really know. If it should have stood, because we never really got a look, um, we never really got a clean look at it. But that's probably the best. I mean, yeah, you can use football as one, but you can carry it in. I think hockey is a pretty good example because mm-hmm. it's something where it's yeah. rolling. And I mean, I think that overall, this has been one of the more exciting World Cups I've seen in recent memory. I mean, there's been a lot of upsets. There's going to be a lot of good matchups so far. We've got, I mean. Portugal, it's looking like, is going to play Switzerland. Uh, Brazil's going to play South Korea. That's going to be a bloodbath. Argentina, Australia, Japan, Croatia, Netherlands, USA, France, Poland, Morocco, Spain, and England, Senegal. I just think it was like when you look at, if we go back to the Japan goal, just look at the heart of that team. You understand that they were down one to nothing coming into that like stretch, and then they score. And then late in the game, you have – I could tell you, like, 90% of players would have just let that ball go right out of bounds and just like, all right, we'll fight for next possession. And the dude's sliding out, ju- like, a millimeter more or a millimeter weight on that, and it's straight out of bounds. And he turns that not only to inbounds, but for the go-ahead goal in that. And then to uh, – I mean, obviously – when you look at the grand scheme, they don't know, obviously, um, during the game. Parallax but... view. Sorry. That's what it's called, the yeah. parallax view. Mm-hmm. Thank the, you. That is why it looked like it was out of bounds, yeah. but it actually wasn't. Mm-hmm. But continue. Um, no, I was just going about to say that it's like Spain obviously didn't know that, you know, they would ultimately move on either way, whether or not they won or lost. But, like, when, when you have that sit down and you have that be the go-ahead goal, I mean, if they tie, they like – Japan, Spain, and Germany were right, right in the mix with each other. All three so, of these teams, realistically, because I, I mean, yeah. if Costa Rica had ended up winning that match because Japan was leading, they it would have yeah. been Japan and Costa Rica, which mm-hmm. would have been something nobody would have seen. But I mean, these last few games, even going back to Wednesday, I mean, the Mexico, uh, the Mexico and Argentina games. Uh, Argent, I mean, because Mexico needed to win by. I think that one think of the three. easiest ways to put it is when you get into this, when you're representing your country, Joe mentioned it, is the heart that goes into this. This mm-hmm. isn't, you know, just representing a team in like regular like MLS or something like that or the Premier League, which I know a lot of guys still pride themselves in. This is a whole different stage. This is you're putting on your uniform for your country. You're not putting it on for a small fan base. I mean, there's people out of the 
you know, woodworks that have never watched soccer. I'll include myself there. Oh, yeah. Those final Mm -hmm. 10 minutes of the United States game the other day, I was, I mean, I think I lost years off of my life and I don't even watch soccer. So, like, (laughs) it is great to see how it's great to see how it brings everyone together. It not only brings like Mm -hmm. an event like this, and I know the Olympics do, but not to the same extent because the Olympics are Mm -hmm. so. I don't know, so drawn out. And so I think they're it's still, the Olympics are also still so individual based. Yeah, I was just about to say This that. is a team thing. They're all, a team sport. They're all putting you know themselves on the line for the country. You look at Christian Pulisic the other day, literally leaving it all out there to get that goal. He had and to he leave is the now, game. He's, he's good now, to go. Uh, yeah, moments before the show, Josh said he is cleared to go for tomorrow. So that's big news for the U- U.S. But I think just in general, the events like this, not only does it bring out the best in the players, but it also brings out the best in the fans. And just last thing for the World Cup, I'll go around the table. Just give me one or two sentences. And I know, you know, not all of us are huge into soccer. We're kind of following the United States. Tomorrow, U.S. Netherlands prediction. Um, I'll go. F- I mean, this is a very tough one because Netherlands is a team that's been really struggling to – score but so are the US. So I will probably I'll say it goes into extra time but I'll say Netherlands comes comes away with a one nothing win. I'll go uh 24-21 USA. <laughs> uh, probably uh Well, if they want to call I'll, it football, we call freedom over non-freedom as they down. say in the business. Well, I'm look, the US played a much tougher team in England and gave them a hard fight to the very end. This Netherlands team is a lot less skilled. I think mm-hmm. the US wins this. I'm going to go probably low score. I'll go one nothing. One nothing US. I'll say that it's going to go into extras. It's going to be a 1-1 game going into extras, and uh, USA takes it out. I'll go mm, I'll go 2-1. U.S. pulls it off. Not much reasoning there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, you know, Christian Pulisic, that's all you need. Yeah, here's the other thing, because I wanted to say this gonna, before, um, just before we, we move on. I think the other thing that, that brings – like so much people together and it's so different than any other sport is because there's not a lot of big names. Like you think of Ronaldo and you think of Messi. There's but so many that, big names for your country. Wait, what? No, 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 no. no. But what I'm saying is, is like when you, when you talk to basketball fans, Mike has never looked back. Here's the thing. When you get into when you get into like basketball fans, you have those fans that are so like how do we bring into basketball? Oh but hold on, goodness. because it makes sense. Does like, it? You have you have people who are just fans of one player. You get that sometimes, but usually it's just one. Like I'm fighting for the country that I'm I'm rooting for, and you can have big names in your team, but there's not really a lot of people that change who they root for because of one person. There's actually multiple people that are literally just following Argentina because of Lionel Messi and a lot. I of mean, people I that follow I, I understand Portugal because of Cristiano Ronaldo. Literally every else? single Chelsea fan following like Christian Pulisic. We're going to go of from football to football and nice. go to the That's NFL. Actually soccer. It is actually soccer, but it, it made a nice transition, Grant. Let me have a moment for once. He it needs is, it after he just forgot to turn on our mics. Earlier. Yeah, after yeah. I s- forgot to put mics in program. I hope I did that on the earlier show. Um, oh, boy. No, I did. We're going to go, and, I mean, the the biggest news, and it's really weird to call this the biggest news right now, surrounding the NFL, is a wide receiver by the name of Odell Beckham Jr. You know him. I do know him. He played for the Giants. I don't know him personally. He was outed by the old regime in New York wrongly. A lot of fans would love to bring mm-hmm. him back. He's been playing games, I guess, in terms of where he's going to go on Twitter and stuff. And 
he was most recently taken off of an airplane, which for security concerns, apparently a medical emergency is what the flight attendant thought. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that, but that raised some concerns about is an NFL team going to actually want to talk to him, meet with him, sign him? Well, sure enough, he met with the Giants yesterday. I believe the Cowboys are today. The Bills and somebody else are the early stages of next week. So it looks like Odell Beckham will be signed here shortly. But we're not going to spend too much time on Odell because we have a a lot of other NFL to also get to, including, as Grant put it in our group chat, the NFC Beast. Um, Deshaun Watson? No. Um, <laughs> Who? Yeah, Deshaun you know, Watson's I, I, back, it, and, we, I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say. Well, can we do Odell, then we'll get to that. I, I just want to say fine, very quickly, fine. I. We'll, me- we'll quickly mention that. Okay. All right. I just want, where is Odell going, and will he be effective? Don't get too far into it. We don't have too much time for that. Where is he going, and how effective will he be this year? And he's looking for a multi-year contract, so this year and the future. I mean, I feel like the best case for him right now is either the. I think the Bills are probably a really good option. They obviously still want another uh, weapon at receiver. I mean, Gabe Davis is very on and off. Stephon Diggs, if he gets double teamed and gets double covered, it's very tough for him to really do a whole lot, especially with Josh Allen's injury with his elbow that's still nagging him slightly. But also, I mean, I think it would be fun to see him go back to the Giants. I think he'd be pretty effective wherever he went this year. I mean, it would be tough to see coming off of that ACL injury. But down the road, I don't know. I mean, he's what? He's 30, 31? 30. He's 30. 30 30 years old coming off an ACL injury. I'd be very – his second ACL injury. Same Same. That's true forgot about that part i would be very cautious giving someone like that a multi-year contract especially with how many talented wide receivers are in college football right now and even not just this year coming into the draft but next but down the line as well so i think this year he'd be able to definitely help a team make that extra push but i don't see teams making a very uh long-term deal with odell Grant, he's not going to the Commanders, but where do you think he's going? He's not. He's not. Look, I don't know why I keep falling into this trick that the Dallas Cowboys are going to go sign him because every single time (laughs) that a big-name player hits the market, we've seen it with Adrian Peterson, Julio, Calvin Johnson when he was rumored um, or when he was in trade rumors with the Lions. The Cowboys have always been at the center of attention. But Jerry Jones— Sorry sorry to cut you off, but who was that player that said, come get me, and then just never went— to the Dallas Cowboys, um, it was a big name. I forget who it was. Was it Earl Thomas? Yeah, probably. Who, who probably, said yeah, Earl yes, Thomas? Like, yes, go get me because he flipped off Pete Carroll on his way yeah. out on a cart, and then told Dallas after that game to come, come get, get him. him. Yep, yeah. they did not. Go and get uh, him. Yeah. they did not get him. Dallas never gets him. Whether it's Earl Thomas, Calvin Johnson, Adrian, Jerry Peterson, Jones, whatever. just isn't him. But he's not, I guess. Well, but. Not. Doing this it, on he show, may as man. well already put a star on his helmet. All the guys want him. The pressure is on Jerry Jones at this point. He's a cowboy. It's plain and simple. But the thing is, I don't think he's going to be available into the playoffs because Adam Schefter was saying that there's word that Odell is still rehabbing from that injury and he's not ready to play right now. So there's really no reason for him to rush himself back, and I don't think he will. He realizes that at this stage in his career. So when he does sign with the Dallas Cowboys um, – he probably won't be available until the playoffs. I wouldn't expect him to have a huge contribution. If anything, he'll just lighten the little bit a little bit for CeeDee Lamb, uh, get a little attention off his shoulders. 
But Dallas already has their identity set. They're a running football team. Tony Pollard is a multidimensional player. He's really become kind of the star of this offense. So at this point, you've already got your identity. It's just a nice shiny little piece to go ahead and you know make it a little flashier when they lose in the divisional round. Joe, is a reunion coming? <laughs> Here's the thing about Odell, and not to say that I agree with this decision as you know I have a stake in one of the teams that oh, I really would have is never in guessed. it. Here's the thing: I don't think steak are you talking. Like, like a medium rare or like a like a New York strip steak? Uh, usually Sirloin, New York strip Filet mignon. Let's ask Russ how he cooks his. Um, so <laughs> He doesn't. Very, yeah, <laughs> very well. rare. Um, so here's the thing. I don't I think, think he goes to Buffalo. He forgets He forgets to turn <laughs> the uh, grill on just like I forget to turn the mic That's on. He got the, and he goes to fight it, with Sierra. That Russ steak um, is still mooing. <laughs> <laughs> so so here, here's my outlook. I don't think he goes to the uh, Buffalo Bills because I don't think that they're viewing him as a necessity. I think that they see Stefan Diggs being the clear-cut number one and Gabe Davis being a boomer bust good secondary piece. I don't think he goes to the Bills. And then it takes into the Cowboys and Giants. And he wants a multi-year deal. There's reports that are saying that the Cowboys want him um, and are willing to give him that multi-year deal. Which is if, a very Cowboys thing to do, yeah. by the way. But if I'm looking at the two teams and I'm seeing the situations at that position that you are looking at right now, the Cowboys have a clear-cut number one, at least in potential, receiver in CeeDee Lamb. You have Gallup in the back. Obviously, you know, you're going through. And like Grant just said, they're a very run-heavy team. Yeah, right they are a very run-heavy team. But the thing with it is they're in a position right now where they can wait because of how deep the receiver position is in the draft, that they can wait and they draft somebody in the late first round because they are a good team. They're going to be late in the first round. The Giants don't have that. The Giants' number one receiver doesn't want to play football. The second one is about 29, 28 years old, up there as well, and hurt. The um, number one wide receiver for the New York Giants right now is Darius. Slate. I'm saying, I'm saying on the the roster in, in pay, as you would payroll? as you would like it to be because Kenny Galladay so, should so be the number one into the season. Yes, because certainly right now it's mm-hmm. Darius Slayton. Well, Darius Slayton also he's gotten better. Obviously, don't get me wrong. He he does have a little bit of a drop problem. And the fourth one nice, is like a young and upcoming end. receiver that hasn't developed yet. And everybody else, Richie James. Um, Hey, Wanda really Robinson had a great game and then just happened to get hurt. He did. Like the rest I'm of just the saying he's, he's, a, he's a well piece, but he's young and he needs to develop. So if I'm looking at a team that's going to be desperate enough to go give him a big contract for multi-years, I, I, I don't think it's the Bills, and realistically, I don't think it's the Cowboys. I think the Giants need him more. I also, well, I, w- I just want to say really quickly, I know that we're trying to move on, but given the new ownership in New York, I think they'd be very cautious to give that man as much money as he wants for that long of a period. No, just seeing how the whole Kenny Do- Kenny Galladay situation has unveiled, and also the Giants are a team that yes, they have a winning record, but they're also still rebuilding. Mm-hmm. So I think they're, they're pro- in no rush. They're in no rush right now. I think it actually makes more sense for the Cowboys to go out and do something stupid like giving Odell Beckham Jr. a boatload of money. Yeah, I'm also yeah. using logic. If I if I had to, Robert Jerry Jones doesn't use logic. Yeah, that's what I mean. If yeah, I yeah. had to say, there's, I agree a hundred percent that Joe Shane is not going to go open up the checkbook and be like, "Hey, you want more than you know?" I I don't think Odell right now gets over. If I'm Joe Shane, I'm not giving him more than probably two and a half million. Like that's, 
a, a for a guy right coming there. off another injury, yeah. You know, you could even think like the vet minimum for him, maybe. I don't know what he's looking for, but he should probably lower his expectations. There's two options I'm seeing. Is Odell ring chasing right now, or is he actually looking to be a wide receiver one? Because or like a used wide receiver a lot. Because Dallas has a pretty decent wide receiver corpse led by CD Lamb. Buffalo, obviously led by Stefan Diggs, has pretty good depth. Um, the Giants have absolutely no one. So Hey, David Sells exists. He hasn't David been active. They have <laughs> Who's that guy that fumbled shot? away the uh <laughs> the cowboy game? Or like like when they were down by fourteen? I He's Isaiah Hodgkins, I maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I I try to forget that game. So but well. um Yeah, it's simply what oh, if he's ring chasing, it's Buffalo. If he's trying to be a wide receiver one it's New York Giants. If he's trying to be stupid, it's the Dallas Cowboys. It's that simple for Odell, and I think he's ring chasing. I think he is. Based That's off his why decision to sign with the Rams last year, I think he's ring chasing. Odell. But to do the, the Bills. Bills give him anything to entertain? It? Not major, but not major. Him, but if he's going something. for a ring, the Bills are the best team in the league right now. And so, so from two of those teams, just happen to be in the division we want to highlight. Not, yeah, which is the NFC. East in terms of the Eagles leading the division, then the Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders. And all of those teams are surprisingly over 500. It's shocking. Yes, we know. But it's been a pretty – it's going to get interesting down the stretch with the NFC East because a lot of divisional games coming up. You look this week and a big one between the Giants mm-hmm. and Commanders fighting for third place, and really that one matters more – in the wild card than anything else. But there's, you know, it's just going to be, I think the Eagles will fall off a little bit at some point. I still think they're going to win the division. I think the Cowboys, I I don't know. They're a weird team this year. I personally feel that the Giants finish with no more than nine wins, so they're only going to win two more here on out. Still a successful season nonetheless. And the Commanders are hot. So I'll start with Grant being the commander fan here. Yep. How do you see this division playing out over the final month or so of the season? Well, I think this is the Cowboys division to lose, if we're being honest. I think the Cowboys, <clears throat> as it stands right now, look, I know their tendency to go and fall off and lose in the wild card. That's why I hinted at it with the whole Odell thing. But if you look at this team from top to bottom, this is a top five team in football. And, I mean, I know you might be able to debate it just because of – them being the Dallas Cowboys, the fact that they're always under the media spotlight for not holding up to their expectations and always somehow finding a way to disappoint. But something about this Dallas team just gives me a different feeling this year. Tony Pollard, I'm so high on him. I'm incredibly high on him. The fact that Zeke is running the ball well, the offensive line is overperforming, the wide receiver core is pretty solid like we talked about. C.D. Lamb is really coming out as a true wide receiver one. And then the defense. I know they've cooled off a little bit since they came out the gates red hot, but you've still got who I think is the defensive player of the year, Micah Parsons. Trayvon Diggs is coming out, and he's proved everybody wrong, anybody that actually doubted him at this point. I mean, he's really been a shutdown corner this year. He's gone from allowing over 1,000 yards receiving last year to being, I think, one of the top five in like least amount of yards allowed per game. I mean, this, this whole team, top to bottom, 
has the makings of a contender. So I think this is really Dallas's division to lose. And I think on, what is it, Christmas or Christmas Eve that the Eagles and Cowboys play? Christmas. It's one of the two. I believe. But I think Dallas is really going to come in and they're going to show. Dallas in primetime? I could have never guessed that uh, one was oh, coming. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we saw it against Minnesota, it too. It is Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve? Okay. I was wrong. I mean, I think that's going to be the game that Dallas comes in and they show who the big brother is. I don't think that the Eagles are ready to come in and be this dominant force that, I mean, Chevy, like you talked about, you think they're going to fall off a little bit? They've shown signs of it. My commanders on primetime came in and exposed some really big weaknesses. The fact that they can't stop the rushing attack, the fact that if you slow down the Eagles' rushing attack, then they're in a little bit of trouble. This is the Cowboys' division to lose, in my opinion. Eagles definitely still a strong team, and they'll definitely be one of those teams that you do not want to face in the wild card round. Giants are slowing down a little bit. I know we talked about it, but I still think you know nine wins could definitely be enough in a weaker NFC. And then the Commanders, it's just kind of a wait and see. Nobody really knows with this team. Uh, you know, you've played the Vikings close. You beat the Eagles. Nearly lost to the Falcons, and it's. It's like a circus. You never know what's going on. You get one trick, you get another. You, there's no sort of expectations for this team. I think that fits team. the commander's organization well. it, it really is. But the thing is, there's no expectations placed upon this team at this point, which is what I think the best-case scenario for a team like this. You go in, you've got no expectations. You're playing with a former, um, what's the, I don't even, the XFL. The former mm-hmm. XFL quarterback what are you what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing at 7 and 5 so at this point they're just playing with house money whatever happens happens and at this point it's been a successful season but the NFC East like you said Chevy it's going to come down to the wire Joe quickly yeah i what, think what's the outlook on the NFC East yeah i don't think i really need a lot of time either i think i agree so wholeheartedly with grant and and the only thing i'll say is i think the the commanders are also playing on on house money. I think the Giants have been too. Just in in looking at how they were rebuilding their team. I mean, their number one corner was a number three. That's when they got him. He turned into a really solid two, and then he had to bow number one. Moreau was a really good corner that just came out of nowhere. Legend. Yeah, um, Jalen Smith reviving his career. Just and all these pieces on the O line kind of going in and out, and everyone was like, "All right, this is still going to be a bottom level team." And now the New York Giants are up there, but I still think it, it it finishes with the Cowboys on top. Just as looking at how the Eagles were exposed by the Commanders the following weeks, hardly got past the Colts. Almost the Packers gave them the hardest stretch out of any NFC East team that they played. So I think it, yeah, I, I think it goes Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Commanders. Josh, you don't have a dog in this fight, but I do not. So this is actually really fun to watch with the three of you. Um, for once, I think maybe the third time ever on the show, I'm gonna have to agree with Joe in the sense that with the way that the Giants have lost the last couple weeks, I don't see it. Continuing, I think it would be fun to see the Commanders somehow find a way to be competitive, but they'll find a way to lose like they always do. And hey, it's not true. It's true. Keep killing yourself. (laughs) It's true. Look, this. I mean, look with the Eagles. It's a team that. Yeah, I mean, they look like a really good team on paper, but it comes down to being able to perform. And when it's come down to these close games, it. They really haven't performed. I mean, yes, they ended up winning against Indianapolis, but they were losing to Indianapolis for the majority of that game against a very bad Colts team. I mean, so they've gotten it done. They, they've gotten they've, it done in, in some time. But it hasn't yeah. always been pretty. 
Right. And you, gritty not gritty not pretty some. But I mean, yeah, they're a one loss team. I don't know. It's just it's always it's also very tough to see them as a team. Like if the Bills were a one loss team, I'd be more confident going into if you went into the playoffs saying that they'd be a good team. But I actually you know what I'm gonna be different. I'll say the Eagles still win the division, but I'll say the the Cowboys finish second because I don't really see the Cowboys finding a way. They always find a way to underperform. Mm-hmm. So I think the Cowboys will go into the playoffs as the better team between the Eagles and Cowboys, but I don't think that means the Eagles will lose the division. I think the Eagles will still win it. Dallas second, and really the most interesting part of this division, it, because right now what Dallas is eight and three. Eight and three. Eight and three. Still needs to play uh, Philly. Still needs to play Philly. At home. The Giants and Commanders are, they play twice over the next three Mm -hmm. weeks. Mm -hmm. And the Giants have the Eagles thrown in. And the Giants' schedule goes Washington, Eagles, Washington. Why? So loss, loss, loss. That's the. Washington goes Washington by, or sorry, Giants by Giants. That's. If I'm not oh mistaken. Oh my god, the Commanders could be so, nine and five by the I, I wouldn't end be of the surprised month. if the Commanders jump the Giants and the Giants finish in fourth. I still think somewhere along the lines the Giants pick up two wins. Where are they? Mm-hmm. I've got no clue. But that's been this team this year. You never know what they're gonna do. The NFC East really exceeded expectations. You know, there were some that thought three of these teams could be picking in the top ten again this year. And sure enough now. None of them will be picking in the top ten unless it was traded picks. But I think that don't the Eagles have someone's pick up in the draft? The Steelers, the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. Don't so, don't remind me. Yeah, that's 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 a rough look, and the Eagles will continue to get better. I think all four of these teams will continue to get better. So I think this division went from being the worst division in football for a couple of years, most competitive though, because you never knew who was going to win it, to being good and competitive, which is a this division is always competitive. So. That's what he just said. That yeah. He just said well, like time. always. He just said it wasn't good. It wasn't good, but it true. was competitive. From NFC least we're, to NFC We're going to take our halfway break here on Phone Booth. That's right. Two shows in a row where we're taking a commercial well, break. Well, the times that we actually have the show. Yeah, the but, times we've yeah. actually done it. When we get back, we'll continue our sports talk right here on Comedy Radio. There you go, <laughs> Do you like listening to a bunch of grown men scream at each other? Grown men. Do you really want to start your weekends off with a splitting headache? If this applies to you, then come on down and listen to Phone Booth right here on Com Radio at 3.30 on Fridays with Josh Bartosik, Justin Chevalella, Joe Callahan Jr., and Grant Sheets. It's football season again, and you can feel the excitement in the air. The leaves are changing color, the pads are going on, and chin straps are getting buckled. If you're like me and you're excited for football this season and you're wondering where to go to listen to the best talk show on campus, come listen to Z-Dunks NFL every Wednesday at 2 p.m. That's right, every Wednesday, 2 p.m. You better be there. Will the Rams go back-to-back? Will Chris McCaffrey have a bounce-back year? Can Dak and the Cowboys fend off the Eagles to hold on to their division title? Is a hot dog a sandwich? And will Daniel Jones learn how to finally throw a football? Tune into the lunch break, Mondays from 12 to 12.30, live on Tom Radio.
Can the Philadelphia Phillies bounce back after last season? Will Quez Watkins break out and have a Pro Bowl year? And how will James Harden do in his first full campaign with the Sixers? These questions can only be answered on That John with Mac Young and Mac McLaughlin every Monday from 7 to 7.30 live on Com Radio. You're headed back to the phone booth with Joe Callahan Jr., Josh Bartosik, Justin Chevalella, and Grant Sheets right here on Com Radio. Things got heated during break. They have not been on air yet. We were trying to figure out where to go to next. Good thing, too. Josh would have got a strike. The good news is um, we are going to end up. <laughs> that was. We are going to talk about quarterback controversies, right, and I Mr. think things Unnamed might sources. actually get heated on air for the first time in a little bit of time. We start in the quarterback controversy that's closest to our current location. That would be at MetLife Stadium. Daniel Jones versus Tyrod. T- no. <laughs> um, Mike, Tyrod White without Super Mike White versus Zach Wilson. It's pretty. Honestly, no matter is this who, even a controversy anymore no, at this point. No Not matter really. who you start, is pathetic. And hey, Mike White balled out last yes, week. Yes, but he's like the one-hit wonder each season. Oh, you're on, one. you're on Zach Wilson's side. No, no, no. I'm on Joe Flacco. I oh, will go true. for the third option true. in this fight. The guy that's only got his career going right now because yeah, you know really the Super Bowl deep. MVP. Yeah, because he won so, Super Bowl MVP. In case yeah. you don't know, Zach Wilson is a little bit dumb and decided to say. In his press conference after losing to the Patriots. And having three total offensive three, yards. That, yeah, yeah, and averaging, what, .6 inches of offense the second half, half of that I game. That is negative. No, no there, there, were, there was something negative. there, just not so, a whole lot. Yeah. Um, it was enough. Yeah, um, it's enough the, to lose. <laughs> can I talk? Go ahead, I hook this mic open no. and I get to talk. Um <laughs> Yeah, the Jets are a mess. They're somehow winning games, but they're a mess. Zach Wilson went out, said, oh, yeah, I think the defense needs to play better. The defense was fine. It was a special teams play that ended up um, causing the Jets to lose the game. Either way, it was pathetic by Zach Wilson. The offensive performance was pathetic. So Mike Mike White versus Zach Wilson. Joe, quickly, which quarterback do you want in this fight? Mike White. I don't think it's even close, to be honest with you. Zach Wilson is done in New York. He, 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 I, I don't even think it's because of his skill. I think it's because when you bench him for Mike White and the and the controversy that like surrounded it, I think that he's done with the organization. So I think that him and his people are going to request a trade. Now, if you're asking me who's the better QB, and I'm looking at— The answer is neither. Well, yeah. Um— if I'm looking at no, the, no, I wasn't asking who's the better. I was asking who should they start. Yes, because it's a pivotal game against Minnesota. That's probably going to be a loss any three ways you go. I don't but know. Minnesota. I'm looking at a rating team. of seventy-two point six, seventy-seven point nine, and a hundred and forty-nine point three. I'm looking at a completion percentage of fifty-five point six, fifty-eight point seven, and seventy-eight point six. And then I'm looking at the touchdowns. In one game, is this Mike White? In one game, the last one, Mike White already has more than half. I asked for what quarterback was starting. Excuse me, 
In one game, Mike White already has a third of Zach Wilson's and Joe Flacco's touchdowns combined, and Zach Wilson played in seven games. So if I'm looking at those three, who's the better QB out of all of them? The most, the most efficient, the most profound, and the profound? one that's having the most yes, and the one that's having the most Mike success White. is Mike White. Mike White is the so most. So I'm riding out Mike White until am, he tells me otherwise. I'm going to say this: besides one, answer the question I was asking, which was who's it's who Mike White. You start not who's the best because that could differ, but the I thought the Jets' offense was completely run different, and they gave Mike White a better chance to succeed. When they compared to when Zach Wilson's been starting, I, I agree. I didn't get to watch too much of the game, but when maybe it's because the because the Jets coaches also feel what I think we all feel, which is you know Zach Wilson's just not ready at this level yet, or might never be ready at this level. But they like let Mike White make mistakes because he's not supposed to be a franchise quarterback, and he didn't end up making mistakes when Zach Wilson's in there. They run an offense that you that you shouldn't be making mistakes in, and Wilson's still making them. But they're trying to do, the Jets right now, what the Giants are doing with Jones. The issue is it's working with Jones because they fit his what his strengths are. The Jets have not played to Zach Wilson's strengths. Zach Wilson's strengths in college were going downfield more. The Jets haven't been doing that. They've been going short passes, and it's not working. Then Mike White enters the game, and boom, they open up their offense. I don't think Zach Wilson's being given a fair chance with the Jets right now. I think it might be because he's hated in the locker room, but I don't think that we can completely write off Zach Wilson at the moment. I think the Jets coaching is mishandling this. But, Grant, what quarterback should start for the Jets? Well, going off of that, Zach Wilson's strengths in college, like you said, were throwing the ball downfield and throwing the ball outside of the pocket. Now, a little stat, a little tidbit that I found pretty funny. Three weeks ago, Zach Wilson's passer rating on throws outside of the pocket was 0.0. He had he had the worst possible passer rating that you could ever have in the NFL when making throws outside of the pocket. So if you can't trust him to do what he supposedly was best at in college, how can you trust him to run any any sort of an NFL offense? So, with that being said, I think uh, the Jets should roll with the Wildcat and should put Michael Carter under center. Uh, no, Mike <laughs> well, White. I'll, well, I will, I will say this because, because every time that Joe brings up stats, I always find a way to um, point out how unbelievably dumb they are, which is this one. You're bringing, up, you're bringing up completion percentage and ratings and quarterback ratings and whatnot. When you have a guy that's been playing – multiple games was a guy that had one game against one of the worst defenses in all of professional football in the Chicago Bears. Of course he's going to look like a franchise quarterback. Okay. Yes. Okay. Of course he's going to look like a franchise quarterback. Mike White went against the Chicago Bears defense. They have nobody besides Jaquan Brisker right now. That team is terrible. Absolutely terrible. It's one game. Well, I will say that Mike and White did run he ran the offense with confidence. He was making he, reads. I'm not, gonna, I'm not he saying he looked bad. I'm just, yeah, saying, exactly. saying that, I'm, just, I'm just saying pulling those stats 
is a very bad argument when it's literally one game. It's 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 picking well, at I'm, straws. Yeah, well, I'm yes, I'm just taking the stats and what they're giving me, and I can't. There's no I need, but add, you can't do I that. I can't it's add one games game. if he only played one game. Okay, but how about this? Okay, but if we're gonna do I that, I Bra- last year. If, if we out last year too. If we're gonna do, if we're gonna play the stat game, Braxton Barrows has a 100% completion percentage, <laughs> and he's got a 120 rating. And he went to my and he went to my high school. He should be the quarterback in that standing. But he should be. You go to this. I don't have an incompletion yet either. I could. I don't either. I haven't thrown an interception yet either. either. I haven't lost under seven. I haven't lost. Never lost. Zach Wilson has been lost since the running game in New York got lost, and that's what happened when Brees Hall went out, showing that if Brees Hall stayed healthy, he would have been the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL this year. And also when you have an injured a guy in Garrett Wilson that's been in and out of the lineup with injuries, yeah, and you I, have a, a wide receiver that wants to be the next Antonio Brown and I Elijah Moore. I think there's Moore. a lot of factors outside of Zach Wilson's actual talent that have played a role into the, his demise. I don't believe he's done, he's done in this league. He's very much done. I believe he's done with the Jets. I think if he, I, I think if he just Jets. taken accountability for how badly he played, next, just, it would have been just different. Just wait till next year when he's under Bill Belichick because Mac <laughs> Jones is clearly done. Well, Tom Brady Zach, will be quarterback one again in New England. <laughs> What's Probably. happening to Zappy, All right. then? All right. What? <laughs> What's happening to Zappy? Well, he's a top 60 quarterback. quarterback. All right, so we've got breaking news into phone booth. The Seattle Mariners and Milwaukee Brewers are finalizing a trade that will send outfielder Jesse Winker and infielder Abraham Toro to the Brewers for second baseman Colton Wong and around $1.75 million in cash. We're not really going to look into that, but it's breaking news. It's a good trade for Seattle. I think it's a good trade for Milwaukee. I think with the way Yelich has been playing lately, you need another outfield bat, and that's what Winker Mm. should provide for them. But announce Aaron Judge of the Giants. Uh, that'll be next week's show. <laughs> so this uh, is New York Giants. This, 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 this is the quarterback important, controversy, and right? it's funny that I bring up Milwaukee because it's a team that happens to also play in Milwaukee, and it's the one that got things started to get heated, heated, but during break. Wow, I can't speak. Aaron Rodgers versus Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers, <sighs> or sorry, the Green Bay Packers have been awful this year. Safe to say that. Rodgers hasn't been healthy. He hasn't been as good as he's been in the past. But it's Jordan Love we're talking about here. He played so, He played okay. He played okay. Josh, we'll start on – no, I've started with you enough. Joe. How do you start with Joe? Joe. Start with Joe. We're going. Oh, God. Re- remember the question when you're answering. I got what the question. What quarterback <laughs> should start for the Green Bay Packers? Should start. Aaron Rodgers. Now, when this this conversation gets a little bit complicated in looking at the health of Aaron Rodgers, because he should be the starter. He's he. We're looking at a down year of Aaron Rodgers being twenty one and nine when we've played what twelve weeks of the season, twelve and twenty one and nine. I mean, twenty one and nine in a TD interception ratio, and we're looking at that because they haven't you know resulted into wins when you lose your number one receiver and. You you go in bouts of of running back and forth in your offense, and now you have your number one, technically number one receiver hurt, and uh, Christian Watson's still healthy. Well, I'm talking about Lazard. I mean, uh, not Lazard, uh, Dobbs, because Dobbs was the the number one kind of projected when he got hurt. Um, yeah, and then Watson you have Lazard, and now Watson's the number one. I just think that this is a team trying to figure out because it leaned a lot on the connection between Rodgers and Adams. It, it leaned a lot last year on it, and Aaron Rodgers is, is obviously the playmaker, not playing up to 
the MVP level as he has the last two years, but you can't ask him to be an MVP every single year. I mean, I feel like um, I just think that if he's hurt and he's significantly hurt, and if you're putting themselves out on a, on a year that's already down, then I think is the only definition of the situation where you would put Jordan Love in, but it should be Aaron Rodgers. Well, here, I will say this. Um, it, I don't even know. It really shouldn't even be a question of who's starting right now. I think it's a question of when Matt LaFleur is getting fired. Well, that's, yeah. that's obvious. Um, because he's been really, really bad. Um, but nonetheless... My and I understand why we're having different conversations between Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers because they're two very different quarterbacks. One's a future Hall of Famer, and one of them's Aaron Rodgers. No. <laughs> and the other one's a glorified frat man, and Zach Wilson. Um, but in terms of take BYU, do they have frats? I don't know. Maybe you want to do He the looks research? like a frat man. Um, I will say <laughs> As this. As he goes to the computer, I will say this. In terms of taking accountability for their actions, as of 2021, as of, BYU does have frats. Well, look at that. They just added them in. Oh, that was after he left. Was after he left. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in terms of taking accountability for how terrible their play has been, Aaron Rodgers has been just as bad, if not worse, when it when it comes to taking accountability because he refuses to take accountability every single time he plays bad. It's always the receiver's fault. It's always the fact that. It's always the fact that the coaching is bad, which is true. The coaching is bad. I just I don't like it when you have a guy that's been in the league for so long that insists on just punching down the rest of his team and not taking accountability for the fact that he's been playing poorly. Am I saying that he shouldn't start? No. But I'm saying that, I mean, look, Matt LaFleur is already out the door by the end of this season, if not before then. If you want to send a message to to actually show that your team like has a resemblance of chemistry, maybe give the guy that has been constantly trash-talking your entire offense for the last five, six weeks, maybe give him a break. However, it is Aaron Rodgers, and knowing Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, they'll find a way to win out somehow, and he'll end up having an MVP season. So who so. should start? Probably still Aaron Rodgers, although I don't really – I'm not – I'm very – I'm leaning towards just – Benching him for a game so he stops mm-hmm. running his mouth. Grant, we have two on Aaron Rodgers. I'm hoping you're saying Jordan Love. Uh, well, I thought that we were going to have a little debate here. I thought people were going to be leaning Jordan Love, and that's I why am. I was getting I'm leaning Jordan Love. All right, I'm, Chevy, I'm leaning you take towards it away. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, Jordan Love doesn't have an interception this season. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we're going off of stats okay, like Joe's okay, already. Yeah. No, no. His QBR Here's, is 119. The big thing holding up. Jordan Love from starting right now is the fact that the Packers decided to overpay Aaron Rodgers in the offseason when he should have been, well, he shouldn't have been gone because he obviously is coming off of an MVP season. I don't think all of the problems in Green Bay are on Aaron Rodgers by any means, but the season is done. It's over. Aaron Rodgers is hurt anyway. So what does that lead to? A perfect opportunity to finally figure out if this guy that you spent the 26th overall pick in the draft on back two, three years ago. Did they ago? trade up to get him? No. 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 Um, but they could have drafted a wide receiver, True. which would have helped a lot of these problems that Green Bay's having right now. So you put him in and see what he's got. Again, the season is over. Aaron Rodgers is hurt. Sure. Aaron Rodgers can still be in Green Bay come next season and be the starter, but there's nothing to else to lose the rest of the season. You've already lost your head coach. You've already lost the locker room, except – there's probably signs that would help you get back there. But um, that was a bad joke. I'm sorry. Um, you've lost your head coach. You've lost your the locker room. 
So there and your season, you're you've lost your season because you almost mathematically can't make the playoffs. You still can, but it would take a lot if Green Bay wants to get in there. So you might as well figure out what you've got in Jordan Love and either Jordan Love becomes your starter of the future or you know, and then you can try to move Aaron Rodgers in the offseason because Aaron Rodgers still is up there in terms of quarterback play this season. 21 touchdown passes so far. That's fourth in the NFL. And then, so you could move, if you think Love's your future, you move Aaron Rodgers. If you don't think Love's your future, there's a lot of teams that were interested in Love back in 2020, maybe. I think that's the year he was drafted. That would probably still be interested and need quarterback help. The Jets, the Patriots, um, maybe even the Giants, depending on what direction they want to go. They're, uh, the Rams, I mean, they don't have much going for them right now. There is plenty of options, and I think the best option then for Green Bay, one, to get – you'll get draft compensation whether you s- trade away Rodgers or you trade away um, Love. So figure out which one you want to trade away and – that's best done by putting love in for the final games of this season. I I also will say that while I did say that for now Aaron Rodgers should continue to start, I the would green, like I would like to say that I'm very heavily leaning my, towards starting Jordan Love just because I biggest, have really not. So what the biggest thing Rogers, for me Rogers. isn't, I, you know, in the Jets situation, they need wins still because they're right in the playoffs hunt. That's so a good point. And and also this Green I mean, Bay situation, they don't need wins. Wins will the only thing wins will do for them is caused their draft picks to be worse. And this team needs to get the draft right, finally, because they haven't in quite some time. Well, and, bu- and that well, now the team's just overall terrible. They don't have – I mean, they have – they. Christian Watson is very good. Dobbs is very good receiver. So you either – you'll either – the defense is bad You'll again. see what you have in Jordan Love. Either he's really talented and happens to lead you through to a few victories. Then you know you don't have to go quarterback in the draft. You can focus elsewhere. Or – Jordan Love can be awful, and then you've got a quarterback situation that you've got to deal with, a better draft pick, and can finally start putting pieces together rather than, I don't know what they've been doing for the last couple of years. I I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I'll tell you right now, the Packers are in a predicament because Aaron Rodgers is going to be the one deciding if he plays or not. He's he's the centerpiece of this organization. He has been. I mean, which is a huge issue, by the way. He's too big of a head. Runs through the community. Like this is a well, it's a tiny little tiny little town in Wisconsin. Pat McAfee has any say in it. This franchise isn't based around you know the big cheeses that we've seen like Robert Kraft or the Bill Belichick's of the world. This is not about the front office. It's been about the players of this organization for decades now. You look at Brett Favre. You look at Aaron Rodgers. They have a lot of the say in roster control, everything that goes on. If Rodgers is healthy, he's going to play. And he's kind of voiced that. He said that, hey, if I'm healthy, I want to play. Do you think that they're going to turn down a future Hall of Famer if he says that he wants to play, especially considering all, all that he's done for this franchise? And, look, I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers the fan one personally. The one Super Bowl ring? Just, yeah, considering. And the, what is it, six, seven NFC Championship losses? He's had Yes, he hasn't had a lot of playoff success. That's the thing that I'm talking about. But he's given this franchise a lot of crazy memories over the years, from comeback victories to the Hail Marys. He's taken a lot of very – untalented teams and he's done a lot with them you've seen it over the years with the poor wide receiver cores that he's had to deal with and now this year this is kind of just almost the tipping point but 
Rodgers is still the centerpiece of this organization as long as he's wearing green and yellow, that mustard yellow, I, I guess that's what <laughs> you call it. But whatever it is, Aaron Rodgers will for all – as long as he's on the Packers, he's going to be the guy. Now, obviously seeing Jordan Love play well against the Eagles kind of as a reliever, sure, it's encouraging considering that he's been awful otherwise. He's been – he doesn't, get any, he doesn't get any playing time. Yeah, I mean, he had that one start against the Chiefs where he managed to score seven points against what was the worst defense in the mm-hmm. NFL at that time. That wasn't very encouraging. But now you see him come in against the Eagles. He had some moments. He looked, you know, how you anticipated him to be. But at this point, Rodgers is your guy. Now, obviously, in the front office, you're thinking, hey, you know, if, if Jordan loves practicing well and, you know, building off that performance against the Eagles – kind of in a weird situation because you can't really dump Rodgers. It was part of the contract that, you know, he signed because he wants to stay in Green Bay. So the only way for Rodgers to get out of Green Bay is to either retire or request a trade. So you're pretty much handcuffed to him at this point. And obviously that's a weird situation for the Packers because you've got a young Jordan Love who did look encouraging against the Eagles, but you're stuck with Rodgers. And that shouldn't really – I shouldn't really be saying that with a negative connotation – considering he won back-to-back MVPs. But, you know, if, if we see this again where Love comes in and plays and he's outperforming Rodgers, then the Packers are in a weird situation because they are handcuffed to Aaron Rodgers. And with that, Aaron Rodgers is your starter. See, but that's an issue. Like, the fact that he... He's holding back this team is my whole issue. I, but, I'm not. A, but with what with what weapons he's, is he? It doesn't even matter at this point. He's he he constantly criticizes the team. He constantly goes on Pat McAfee's podcast and continues to not just discredit his own team, but discredit the league in general. Has and gone out and starts spreading all this false information. Well, that's this what you're getting with that. Aaron Rodgers and the fact he's that, just too big. He's too big in the head. But I mean, we already had the. It wasn't as big of an argument as you would have liked, Mr. Grant Sheets. Yeah, but. it wasn't. I I don't know, but. I can see the argument for Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time, that argument could have been made a few years ago when Eli Manning was outed in New York for Geno Smith and then Daniel Jones. And, I mean, sure, that hasn't worked out great yet for the Giants, so they're doing pretty well this year. But at some point, you just have to move on from your franchise piece and realize that better things probably lie ahead. Though I still think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. I just don't know. The Green Bay organization right now, is a mess, and I blame Rodgers for a lot of that. But we wanted to hit on the college football playoff. We've got three minutes and ten seconds, now three minutes and nine. Um, The college football playoffs officially announced they're expanding to 12 teams. Earlier in the semester, we had talked about it. We broke the news here on Phone Booth. We discussed that. We discussed everything that goes along with it. This will start in 2024 with the college football playoff and the 12 teams. Simply, simply, literally need one word, yes or no. Do you like 12 teams, Josh? Yes, but I prefer eight. I said one. Grant? Yes. Joe? Yes. All right, I think we're all in agreement that we like it. Now, this year's playoffs are a little, I mean, it's not really. Just wait till Alabama finds a way to sneak in. That's what I'm saying. Alabama Mm -hmm. will find a way to sneak in. I think 12 teams is the way that Alabama can be included in every playoff because (laughs) it's the committee, whatever. I want a hot take regarding the 12-team playoff, and then we'll quickly do one about this year's playoff. But first, the 12-team playoff. Josh, we'll start with you. One hot take. It can be a winner in the first year. It could be something just in general. What's a hot take you have about this 12-team playoff? That's a tough one. Um, I will say, hmm, 
This is really tough. You know what? If we're going to go with a hot take, I'll show a little Penn State bias. Penn State wins the first ever 12 team, uh, 12 team college football playoff in 2024. Their team wow. is getting pretty good at the right time for that to happen. Grant. The 12-team playoff will bring forth the most exciting era of college football that we've ever seen. I don't even know if that's a hot take. I, I like that. Factual. Yeah. Yeah. Joe. Now, when talking about the big players in college football, coaches are going to be shuffled around so much more because if you don't make that 12-team playoffs, an instant fire is going to occur. Specifically if James Franklin doesn't make yes. a 12-team playoff. I think he gets, I think he gets canned mm-hmm. any my, year. My hot take for the 12-team playoff is that, you know, everyone is saying, like, oh, these teams that are lower are just going to get blown out. I think we get upsets galore. I don't think this is— I agree. I don't think—first, I think this year, right now, would be a perfect time to have it Mm because I would say there are teams ranked towards the bottom of the top ten that might have two losses, one or two losses, that could easily beat some of the teams— Towards the top, <clears throat> TCU and USC. Well, that's mm-hmm. um, that's what ends all the controversy. So it'll finally end that, and I think that's beautiful. I think there's mm-hmm. going to be upset after upset. We'll see there's it a in lot the first year in college football. And if it is, then they proved it right. Yeah. And they so, keep on proving it right. You have to keep on proving it now right. Now we are going to go into this year's playoffs quickly, 30 seconds. It's Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC as of now. Ohio State and Bama, the first two teams out. What is a hot take you have about this year's college football playoffs? Like who makes it or just in general? In general, it could be who makes it or what happens with it. Uh, Purdue plays spoiler maker again at Michigan Falls down in Ohio, and it goes uh, Georgia, T- it goes Georgia, uh, TCU, USC, Ohio State. Actually, also, and USC loses to Utah the night, and so Bama finds a way to get back in because mm. the committee loves their SEC. Grant. Uh, the rankings don't matter. Georgia is far and away the best team in college football, and will cruise their way to another national championship. Yeah. I agree with Grant, but it makes no sense that Alabama is ranked higher than Tennessee when they played head-to-head and they won. Because uh, Alabama didn't get absolutely hornswoggled by South Tennessee Carolina. Tennessee also doesn't have their starting quarterback Heisman candidate Hendon Hooker anymore. Both of those teams should be ranked lower, by the way. Yes. Mm. Than they are. Uh, you know, I will True. say something quickly. It's not my hot take, but it's kind of hot. Penn State could beat Tennessee, Alabama, TCU, and possibly USC and Ohio State. I'd be willing to say that. I'd be willing to put my life well, they savings almost be, well, they of didn't not too State. much money on the line for that. But my hot take with this year, TCU loses this week, and so does USC leading to Alabama finding their way in. It's TCU has to TCU has to lose by a lot of no, points. No, I don't think out. they do. I think they do. I don't think the committee views the Big 12 too highly. They don't. So I would not be surprised if TCU loses by like one point to who they're playing. Kansas. They're playing the Kansas, Kansas State, which is what, 12 State. or 11. Now, Kansas State is. Now, I'm, I have AP. I don't have the college, the other rankings up right now. But 13 in the AP is Kansas State. They're higher than that. In the they AP. are. I think they're 11. I think they're, yeah. I think they're 11. Either way, I think. TCU loses They're 10 actually. I so it's it's 4v10. So uh, again, they I think one I think Alabama will find their way and I would be willing to say that if even just one team loses, Alabama jumps Ohio State, Alabama's in the playoffs. That's ab- I think that's absolutely absurd. That's my hot take because it's the committee and it's not that hot of a Alabama take. Alabama lost SEC to an LSU bias. team that lost that to Texas. Does it for this week's edition of Phone Booth for Joe Callahan Jr. Guess the Aaron Rodgers could use Devontae Adams. And John <laughs> <laughs> For Joe Callahan Jr., the comedian Grant Sheets, Josh Bartosik, I'm Justin Chevalella. Same time, same place, at least for us. 
next week right here on Com Radio.